What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Five Podcast, episode number nine. We're almost at double digits. We're almost there. Um, I'm your co-host, Kyle Morello, and with me here, as always, Jay Copestick. How are we doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. Unfortunately, we're kind of coming toward the end here of inner Big Five play. We've had a bunch of games going on the last couple of weeks, but that's what happens in non-conference. We get them out of the way really quick, kind of bang, 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 get them done. But we still have a couple more to talk about. We still have more Big Five basketball to talk about. So let's get to it. We had another uh, pretty good week as far as the Big Five. They ended up winning a couple of games. So hopefully we can get some uh, some teams back on track here. But pretty solid week for the Big Five and a pretty uh, nice weekend of basketball coming up for us as well. Yeah, great weekend. Even just nationally, we have Alabama and Houston on Saturday, which would be great. Um, there's another ranked matchup I'm banking on that right now that involves Arizona. I forget who they play. I literally was just reading it earlier. I forget, but I think it's Indiana this week. That's who it is. Thank you. Arizona, Indiana will be a really good one. Um, still a lot of good games nationally this week. I know Kansas and Missouri play, which is always exciting when those two teams link up. Those are two rivals, uh, former big 12 foes. Um, so really, really exciting week of, uh, college basketball nationally, but also in the big five, um, and we'll get to the ones over the weekend soon. Um, we do have a big five title potentially happening this weekend. So we will we will definitely get to that. Um, but first, we're going to get to the games that just happened on uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. So without further ado, let's get into them. Um, first, we have, I mean, all these are the Battle of Pennsylvania, but the ones that don't involve two big five teams, we'll start with the first one. Uh, LaSalle and Bucknell, uh, LaSalle coming away with a 10 point victory, 82 to 72. And it seems like every different episode, we have someone else on LaSalle stepping up and, and leading them to a win. And this week it was Andres Marrero and Cini Drame, um, combined for 31 points off the bench. Um, you know, which is something we've talked about with the LaSalle team is their depth is decent. You know, it's not overwhelming. Um, you know, as much as they have good pieces there, obviously they're not the most like insanely talented team in the world, but like they're a decent team and they're starting to show that they can get contributions from multiple guys. Um, Brickus and Asandra made 12 each in the starting lineup. Josh Nickelberry had 11. Um, so they also contributed as well. We don't want to forget them. And more Gill, we mentioned last episode that you wanted him starting and he did. He did just that 33 minutes in this one. Um, didn't have the same scoring prowess, but he definitely contributed um LaSalle's a team shot 50% from the field 38.5% from three um couple negatives though 14 turnovers which we've talked about kind of need to clean up and they did let Bucknell shoot 50% from the three though that was only on 14 attempts um so they went seven to 14 so uh it was a good it was a decent shooting day for Bucknell I mean 82 72 is a pretty high scoring game relatively in college basketball so nonetheless though an impressive win for the Explorers um, what was one thing that stood out to you in this one about the Explorers? So, like you said, it was the, it was the bench scoring. Uh, it's it's nice to see this team not have not not be reliant on a couple guys. Like I feel like in the Big Five, there's a couple teams that are reliant on just one or two guys. I mean, this team any night they can have guys step up. I'm really happy for Andres Marrero. Um, I was at a couple of Sal games last year. He redshirted and wasn't able to play, but didn't matter how many points they were down by if they were having a rough game. He was always standing up on the bench. He was always clapping, giving good energy. So that the fact that this year he's able to play and is able to get out there and knock down shots is awesome. Good for him that he was able to to knock a couple down, see some see some go through the hoop because he hasn't had a great shooting year. And this was his first game where it's like, hey, like 
if he can if he can knock down shots off the bench, he can get more playing time and, and be big for this team if, if if other people have off nights. So it was great to see him have a good game off the bench and 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 really show out kind of for the first time this year and have a big game. But you know, even though Amor Gill didn't score like we saw him score on Saturday and set a career high. He did a made assist in this game, and then Jameer Briggis as well added six. So good to see these guys, even though they didn't score in the 20s like they did Saturday. They were moving the ball around, making things happen for the teammates. And one more thing in this game that I kind of said I kind of alluded to last episode was how much are we going to see Rokas Josius play now that he seems to be healthy? Mamadou Ducore didn't log a ton of minutes. It was Rokas who was playing a lot of the mo- the, the minutes at the five here. And LaSalle is going to need that. We'll talk about the, who their opponent's going to be on Saturday because there's going to be a big fella coming to town who's going to get a lot of attention from his team, is going to get the ball in his hands a lot, that Rokas is going to have to guard. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from this team. There's a lot of different guys that can hurt you, and I'm just saying that Fran Dunphy, he knows a thing or two about coaching a little bit of basketball. It's good to see this team that a lot of people just wrote off, said, oh, everybody transferred. All they did was really bring in – the dramas for the most part, they had some guys come back and, and re-recruit some guys to remain at LaSalle, but a lot of people left. A lot of people wrote them off. It's good to see this team being competitive and winning some games. I'm happy for LaSalle. And I'm very happy for Fran Delphi as well. Yeah. I mean, listen, you were right. Fran Delphi can't coach his ass off. He has been known to do that. Um, and he's doing a really good job with this team. You know, like kind of alluded to, this isn't the most talented team in the world, but he really, really, is doing a great job so far. I mean, they're five and four in the year. I don't, I don't know how many people expected that. Um, and it's not like they've played a cupcake schedule. They played a decent schedule. Um, obviously some of those teams being big, big five teams and the big five is fairly quality this year. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's encouraging to see LaSalle winning games. They should win. Cause I think we thought they should win this game. Um, and they did just that. So it's, uh, it's an encouraging sign from the Explorers. I'm really excited to see this bunch going forward. Cause they're nice, young, I mean, they're not all young, but they have a, a good mix of young guys and veterans, and I think they can play off each other, and they have been, so it's really exciting. Um, all right, let's go a little bit further south on Broad Street uh, to the Leo Core Center, where St. Joe's was taking on Temple. Um, this was on Tuesday night as well, and Temple won 70-60. to 60. Um, Cameron Brown for the Hawks, 25 on 7 of 8. He also poured in 10 boards. We can't really pour in boards, but you know what I mean. Um, Eric Reynolds, 16 points on a 6 of 16 shooting, so not the most efficient game for him. Um, though speaking of efficiency, Caleb Battle, actually fairly efficient game. He shot 50%, um, 20 points on 6 of 12 shooting. Zach Hicks and Heiser Miller, 10 points each. Um, and the turnovers were prevalent, again, for both of these teams. 25 combined turnovers in this one. Uh, St. Joe's with 15 and Temple with 10. Um, you were at this game, which is very exciting. I, I would have been there. I had gotten off a plane from Tampa about three, two and a half, three hours earlier. Um, I was exhausted. I went to the Monday night game, um, in Tampa. So it was really fun, but I, uh, otherwise I would have joined you, but you were there and you got to see kind of all this unfold temples and command for the vast majority of this game. Um, what did you see that was lacking for the Hawks? And then what also did you see that was good for the Owls to lead them to the win? So what went wrong for the Hawks was they really just didn't have any production on offense from a lot of guys you would expect that from. To be quite honest with you, if you would have told me that Cameron Brown was going to have a career-high 25 points here, was going to make pretty much all his shots, was only going to miss one time, was going to go five or six on the three-point line, 
I would have, I probably would have asked you how many points St. Joe's would have won by, to be honest with you. Because if that, if he would have scored that many points as a starter who's kind of a role player just to, to, to knock in threes and shoot, to knock in.